Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. How are you doing, Carol? Well, I am fabulous now that I got a Harry Potter themed <laughs> Halloween bag yeah. from my bestie over yeah. here. Yeah, enjoy. Happy Harry Potter Halloween. It's awesome to celebrate Halloween with Harry Potter. This is Halloween. Oh, wait, that's a different movie. Yeah. Night, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, also a wonderful yes, classic. Yes, because you gave me a Nightmare Before Christmas themed Halloween That's true. Extravaganza. That's true. So. You needed a Harry Potter one so that we can both celebrate yes. the big day. And your party was fabulous. You Thank had you. the nod to Harry Potter there, too. I sure did. I did the uh, tell everybody what you saw. The <laughs> yes. The floating candles. That's right. That, you know, is so famous for that scene mm -hmm. in the dining hall. Floating the Hogwarts. Ta tapered candles floating in the kitchen. Yes. It's pretty badass. Beautiful. I'll send you. I took a photo. Yeah. Also, it doesn't look as good in, in the photo as it does in person, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. I don't either. I always look better in person than on photo. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it was fabulous. It cool. was great. Yeah. I'm glad you came. It was a fun night. We had some pumpkin carving, some Goodwill gifts that I made people take with them. <laughs> yeah. And we left early, but Holly had a bobbing for apples yes. bucket with... um whiskey there was sample apples whiskey. and floating uh airport airplane sized bottles of whiskey <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't mine it was the rock the rock oh. put that out there he oh. wanted to see if anyone would bob and nobody took us up nobody on it, went so. for that no. yeah it was kind of a cold night so it was a cold night and for all you people who have to celebrate on a work day so sorry <laughs> i don't have to worry about that anymore that's right that's right awesome well, Carol, uh, today um, I'm going to be going to go first. We discussed that you want me to go first. Yes, I've got kind of a frog in my throat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Carol's uh, fighting some kind of a situation, some kind of cold <laughs> of some kind. So Something. we're, we're going to spare her voice for as long as we can. And if need be, I'll take over the reading of Carol's story. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Impersonating me, exactly. exactly. I know you can do exactly. it. Exactly, yes. So, uh, today I'm going to be covering The Beast of Bray Road, which actually is a fascinating story that I can't believe I didn't really ever hear about before. Yeah. It was it was interesting. Um, I was watching yet another show about it when you got here, and I was making even more notes so anyway, um, let's go ahead and kick it off with the Beast of Bray Road. Um, so, Carol, a very strange creature haunts the outskirts of the small town of Elkhorn, Wisconsin, population 10,000 people. Is it an elk, Holly? Uh, it is not an elk. Oh. On Bray Road, which runs four miles long in rural Wisconsin, just outside of Elkhorn, something creepy seems to lurk. 
The road itself is named after the Bray family who settled there in the late 1890s. Um, the road was also once a Native American trail. Currently, it connects a few farmsteads together, and it's rarely traveled by outsiders. In fact, the farmers are so close on that road that when they see an outsider driving down the road that stops, gets out, and looks around, they'll call the other neighbors to let them know, hey, there's a red car coming down the road, stopped, looking around, just wanted to let you know there's an outsider here. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's, they're that so, tight. They're that tight. Everybody yeah. knows everything. That's the problem yeah. with small towns. Small towns, yep. Yeah. And so these farmers have been out there for generations farming, and they, they know the lay of the land. They know the people of the town, and they know the animals in the area. Just and keep that in all mind. their animals are named Stew, Stew. because they're going to become... <laughs> their stew stew eventually uh the landscapes that border the road consist of large stretches of farmland followed by dotted clumps of woodlands um there's a few country roads that crisscross over it taking you in different directions but back in the early 90s carol the residents of elkhorn started to see some strange things along this rural country road creepy things Mm -hmm. in december of 91 a local newspaper reporter a woman named linda godfrey started to hear rumors that local residents were seeing a werewolf. (gasps) I love werewolves. I do too. On and around Bray Road. At first, Linda thought that this sounded pretty far-fetched, but she told the local animal control person at the time, a guy named John Fredrickson, about it. And much to Linda's shock and awe, not only had John heard about these sightings, but he pulled out an entire file filled with documentation of all the witnesses that had seen this said werewolf. And he even entitled the folder Werewolf. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Does he have subfolders for he probably does. the relatives you know what, of he, the He's werewolf? probably well organized. Yeah. He probably does. <laughs> so, probably. <laughs> for sure. So Linda could not believe the number of witnesses and also that a government official was validating the claims of these werewolf sightings. She was like, really? He was like, yeah, Linda. So Linda knew a good story when she heard one. So she commandeered John's folder of information and she started to reach out to these witnesses and ask them questions. The witnesses all seemed to describe the same animal. It was a quote unquote thing that resembled a werewolf. It was huge at seven to eight feet tall. Wow. It had the head of a wolf. It stood on its hind legs when it ran. It was covered in fur. It had a long snout. It had human-like hands with long claws, long fangs in its mouth, red eyes, and pointed ears. Ooh. Yeah, pretty intense. Some said it looked like a humanoid dog, and others said it resembled a German shepherd on two legs that bend backwards. <laughs> Linda found that the witnesses were very credible and still very freaked out when they recanted their sightings to her. She talked to all kinds of people, from old to young, male to female, blue collar to white collar. She said all types of people were seeing this creature. She didn't know for sure if they were seeing an actual werewolf, but she knew that they were seeing something. So what Mm -hmm. could it be? So the first publicly recorded sighting took place on Halloween night. Oh, I love that. 1991. Who doesn't love that? A woman named Doris Gibson was driving down Bray Road when she felt a thump. So she got out to inspect what she hit. And this is at nighttime, so it's dark. And as she moved to the back of the car, looking around for an animal or some kind of road debris, she locked eyes with the thing. (gasps) 
The thing started to run towards her at full speed. Doris said it was trucking towards her. She told Linda she could hear its feet hitting the road as it closed in on her. So she backed up, ran back to her car, and jumped in just as it lunged at her. Oh, my gosh. Doris was able to close her car door before it got to her, but it hit the trunk of her car, leaving long claw marks in her trunk. And she showed those to Linda. So Linda validated that claim. Pretty scary. I would be so mad. I'd my be, car's ruined. My paint I'd, job. I'd be freaked out. I'd be so glad I'm safe, though. Oh, my God. So not long after that, another witness, a guy named Tom Brichta, came forward after his encounter with the thing. Tom and a few of his friends were driving home from a summer wedding when the fog closed in around them. Oh, the fog is not good. No. He said they smelled a very foul odor, and as they continued, they saw the creature. It had gray, black, and white fur, and it reached out towards their car. Um, They even have footage showing where the wolf had scratched the pinstriping off of Tom's car. There's a big gash of it missing. What is it with them trying to ruin the paint jobs on all these vehicles? The wolf obviously wants to drive. Yeah. So Tom said he had made eye contact with the creature, and the creature seemed to give him a sense of a challenge, like, hey... What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Oh, gosh. So it's an alpha werewolf is it what is, we're finding. It is an alpha for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, another sighting was by a woman named Lori Andresi. She was a bar manager and she was driving home from work. She said she saw something crouched down in the ditch. And when she stopped to look, she saw something kneeling that looked like a dog. And it was eating some kind of roadkill in its hands. Ooh. Its odd shape freaked her out and she turned her car around and took off. So she was so freaked out by the sighting, she went to the library to see if she could figure out what it was. Yeah. But it looked like nothing she could find in her research. So she went to see John Fredrickson, the the ammo control officer, about it. And the two started to discuss what it could have possibly been. And this is where things get really, really weird. As their conversation continued, the books on the bookshelf above John's head started flying off the shelves. What? Isn't that weird? There was no reason for the books to come flying off the shelves. No. So they abruptly ended the conversation about the were- werewolf. Yeah, I would be out I'd of be there. Like, you know what? I'd be this like, you know what? Weird. There's ghosts here. Yeah, we got to go. Something very paranormal is happening. If we're talking about a possible werewolf, and suddenly your books just start yeah. flying off the shelf, that's weird. Maybe it's sending them a sign like, "Here's the book you need." Yeah, this is it. This was all I got. All this um, I got not all of it, but a lot of the information for this story I got from this documentary called "The The Beast of Bray Road," which is on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. So you guys can see them talking about the the books flying off the shelf and stuff. And, and that's one you have to pay for, right? Unless you have a prime account. Unless you have a prime account, yeah. yeah. So the reporter, Linda Godfrey, in the meantime, did a quick drawing of the thing, and they ran that blurb in the newspaper. After it ran, more and more people started to contact the paper as well as the rest of the media. Everybody wanted to know what this thing was. Linda thought for sure that this story would die down within a few weeks, but the opposite happened. People were deeply intrigued by this character. The police, in a joking manner, started to talk about making silver bullets to prepare for the big takedown of the beast. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> the witnesses, of course, were being teased for what they had seen, but others in town backed up their claims. Like, nope, these people saw it, and there's something out there. There's something weird happening in our town. Yeah, it's scary. As the media picked up the story, more people started coming forward from other parts of the state or other states entirely with stories of seeing the beast. 
like Michigan. I know Michigan has tons of the werewolf Michigan, sightings. Yeah, the Michigan, Michigan dog, dog man. man. They mm-hmm. did find a big wolf that um, they Might decided was him or could have been him. And at first, they didn't think it was a wolf. But when they did the DNA test, it was a wolf. Okay. Just a rather large, unusual looking wolf, I guess. As the media picked up the story, more people started coming forward from other parts of the state or other states entirely with stories of seeing the beast. More and more sighting stories from Bray Road started rolling in and all very similar in their description. Some witnesses said they saw the creature chasing a deer. Some people saw the werewolf at night, others in broad daylight. Then something even stranger happened. Linda started getting reports that the creature had been seen around the area decades earlier. In the bordering county, a newspaper editor told Linda that in 1936, his father had been a night watchman at an institute for people with special needs or special gifts. I'm not quite sure which. Um, His job was to provide security at the building at night. So on the grounds, there were some preserved ancient burial grounds. Mm -hmm. So one night, his father was doing his nightly walk around the property when he came across a large animal on top of one of these mounds. It was a large creature with a dog's head. It was digging into the mound. It looked like it was trying to get to something that was inside the mound. When the creature saw him, it took off. However, the next night, the night watchman saw the animal again. And this time, the animal did not run, but instead stood up and said in a weird language the word Gadara. Which, according to the Bible, was a place in the Bible where Jesus cast demons out of a man. Linda had learned that a Catholic priest who had been attached to the Institute had exorcised a demon from a young person and that the demon had attached itself to the priest. So having demonology attached to this Institute, as well as ancient burial mounds and this weird werewolf creature that's saying the word Gudara, seems like a lot of loose ends that come together in a weird way. People in town started to talk, seeing that there was a satanic cult in the area and that the werewolf was somehow attached to it. The rumors were rampant that the teachers and police officers in the area were involved in the satanic cults. There were about three to four counties that were implicated in having satanic cult-like activity going on inside of them. They believed that the werewolf was a product of one of these cults. The cult werewolf idea was never proven, however, but as Linda Godfrey points out, the Beast of Bray Road is very similar to the description of the Michigan Dogman, which we talked about, and other cryptids, so perhaps people are seeing the same thing. In the Middle Ages, there was also alleged werewolves. In southern France, around 1764 to 1767, there were reportedly a giant wolf that was killing dozens of livestock and people with over 200 attacks, of which half were lethal. Yeah, I think I talked about that more I in think depth you did. in my werewolf I think you did talk about um, that. episode. Mm-hmm. I loved researching all of those stories in Europe. So these victims in Europe were disembodied, their throats were cut, or they were found beheaded. Um, this wolf was eventually shot and killed by Hunter. And as I'm sure I think you said in your story, that as the Hunter had used silver bullets blessed by a priest, which is where the idea came from, that silver bullets will kill a werewolf. Mm-hmm. So wherever the idea of giant wolves or werewolves comes from, the story of the Beast of Bray Road did not die down. The media's sensationalism caught the attention of many, and soon Bray Road was swarming with people 
hoping to get a glimpse of the monster. Shows like Sightings and Inside Edition came to visit to see if they could capture a glimpse of the creature, but to no avail. And in fact, I was just watching Expedition X. They went there, Discovery Plus Channel show. They went there to find the Beast of Bray Road. I watched the first episode, but didn't get a get to finish the second one yet on it that they did was it good it was good it was, it was interesting um linda godfrey shot to fame due to her reporting on the beast she released a book on the beast of bray road and soon after more people were reporting sightings in one of the reports the werewolf was able to keep pace with a car traveling at 55 miles per hour sounds like Whoa. the mothman yes and yet another story, a guy named Ricky Sanchez, who lives about 100 miles north of Bray Road, said that he saw a large object on his property in the dark one night. He started walking towards it, and it started to walk backwards away from him. After a while, the creature stopped and just stared at him. It was at his eye level. He went into the house, and when he came back out, the beast was gone. But he kept seeing more and more creatures around his farm. His neighbors were also having experiences. Ricky's neighbor said when he took his garbage out early in the morning, he saw a wolf-like creature pacing back and forth in front of his car. He got into his truck and left for work a little shaken up. Oh, gosh, that'd be so scary. I wouldn't want to go outside at no. night or anywhere I under know. a full moon. I know, right? Another guy named Steve Kruger, who was a roadkill cleaner, met the beast when he drove out to pick up a deer carcass on a rural road one night. He put the deer into the back of his truck and then climbed into the truck cab to fill out his paperwork when something hit his car. The whole truck shook. It felt like something had climbed into the bed of his truck. Oh, no. He shone his flashlight on it. And he said there was a creature that was seven feet tall. It had a wolf head on top of a bear's body, but it was not a bear. Then it came around to the front of the truck, so he decided to take off. You know what it was? It was the werewolf. It was man bear pig. Man bear pig. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of man bear pig, it was, it was wolf man- bear pig or wolf, something. Wolf bear pig, yes. It is a creature which roams the earth alone. It is half man, half bear. And half pig. Lee Hample, a farmer who lived off of Bray Road, was told that the beast lived on his property. Well, yeah, it's all your fault, Lee. Hample was suspect of these stories, but one day he found a dead raccoon and threw it on the back of his property. A few days later, he found that raccoon not far from where he left it. The raccoon's stomach had been slit open from chin to tail, and the intestines had been scooped out. Kind of gross. Yeah. He thought that was odd. So he threw a dead badger back by where he had put the raccoon. Um, A few days after that, he finds the badger had been lifted out of its hole and moved away. This impressed him because badgers are kind of heavy, around 25 pounds. He knew most of the animals in the area would not be able to lift it. So he set up trail cams to watch what was happening on his property at night. What he captured on his cam was strange lights, UFOs, and other strange objects. No way. Yeah, I guess Wisconsin is apparently is a very paranormal state. Like I didn't it's know that. A lot of paranormal, weird paranormal shit happens in Wisconsin, I guess. Hmm. So he also captured what he thinks are shot of the beast's red eyes. To further test his cam, Hample put a small dead deer out on his property. <laughs> he wanted to try to capture the beast again, so he set up a camera on the deer. As he waited for the beast to attack... The deer was surrounded by a weird mist or fog, Carol. But after the mist disappeared, the deer was gone. Okay. You have me at fog. Right. Because 
I'm thinking it's paranormal completely. Yes. Not just some mm. freaky cryptoid. creature. Yeah, yeah. Or cryptoid. Cryptid or whatever. Cryptid. Cryptid. So he got no footage of anything moving the deer, but they were able to find dog tracks. And this is where things get really interesting. The tracks were five-toed. Most dogs have four toes, except for like the Great Pyrenees does have a five-toed Oh, paw, I didn't know that. Apparently. Um, so in the Expedition X, they talked about how big the paw size was. Most dogs have like a two-and-a-half-sized paw print. These were twice as big. And um, he also said that they were only found the hind paws, not the front paws. Oh, so for jumping and leaping. Well, it's supposed to walk on two legs. Oh, on yeah. On its tail. It's bipedal oh, on the back yeah. two legs. So, so that balances to them it. That they're talking about a bipedal wolf-like animal, dog-like animal. Bipedal, yeah. But they, they think it's too small to be a dog or a wolf. Because these were like four or five inch paws across. So what if the aliens are experimenting on wolves? Maybe. And then they just toss them out of their spaceship when they are like, oh, that was a bad experiment. I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anything's possible, really. Right. We're talking about werewolves. <laughs> so. Right. Well, he took them to a track expert who told them that they were not even tracks. You can make that with stilts. Other people told him it was an abnormal coyote track. Okay. Um, but, you know, Expedition X, they looked at it, too, and they were like, yeah, there's no explanation for these crazy tracks out here. So um, there was even a local news report in 2018 of many officers in Elkhorn firing upon something. But it was never reported as to what the officers were firing upon. Um, and in the comments below the video, many people said it was the Beast of Bray Road sighting and then the cops saw it and fired upon it. But that was never confirmed by the news. In 2018, okay, this is where it gets kind of funny. In 2018, a guy named Danny Morgan said he saw the beast as he was driving home at night in Spring Prairie, a town not far from Elkhorn or Bray Road. As he was driving through the rural roads, he saw something approaching his car on all fours. When it reached the road, it got up on its two hind legs and walked across the road. He slammed on his brakes and pulled out his camera. He was able to take a couple photos of it. This is the photo he took. Oh, my gosh. I got to see this. What in the world? <laughs> you know what it looks like to me? A deer. The back part of them is a deer. You think a deer and a wolf mated? And a wolf. I think that is bullshit. Oh, okay. I think it is the... A photoshopped image? No. I think they took a dead dog and put it on top of... a maybe a deer's body and posed it because look at it, the arms. They look like they're decaying. Yeah. And you're right. It looks like the top is stuck to the bottom. Yeah. I could it, see a dog or it, a deer. It yeah. doesn't to me look even like a legitimate anything. I think that they were just, and, and also they can't find this guy now. He doesn't return any messages or calls. So they think it's fake. I think it's fake. I don't yeah. know that everyone else does. I think it looks like a bullshit to me. All right. We're going to put it up. Yes. You guys can weigh in on it. Yeah. But it is kind of mm. a fun visual for the story, but I think yeah. it's not legit. So um, since all the publicity, many people stopped talking about their sightings because the first bunch of witnesses came under such scrutiny. Mm -hmm. They decided to keep their experiences to themselves. So technically, the sightings have died down, but 
It may just be because people no longer feel comfortable talking about it. But yeah, they're still seeing something because of the 2018 report, there's still stuff going on around the story, but it's a weird one. And um, yeah, but it's definitely, there was so many witnesses. And then I watched the inside edition where they went out and talked to the people who had seen it. And they're yeah. all like, it's something, there's something out here. We don't know what it is. That is so strange. Hopefully they can get some DNA or something like some scat. I love that yeah, word. Yes. Scat or scat. some hair that yeah. catches on the fence or, yeah, you know. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah. So that's the Beast of Bray Road. I love it. I love to think about werewolves out there. I know. That's very interesting. These... But I love the whole idea where the mist comes in. Oh, I and know. You smell him and then the deer disappears and he scratches your car. It's, I mean, it's great, just so creepy. It's a great haunted, yeah. you know, ghost story, yeah, really. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The mist, mist makes everything more spooky. Absolutely. Yeah. And we know that when there is. UFO sightings or alien activity, a lot of times it's accompanied by the mist right. or this weird like electric fog yeah. that affects yeah. electricity and stuff like that. That would be interesting. To do has an anyone, fog episode. Well, has anyone in the area experienced electrical anomalies at the same time? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. Because so. you've only watched like a couple episodes of that yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love it. Thank, Thank you. you for covering werewolves. I enjoyed Holly. that one. That was a fun one. I like those types of stories, like the Mothman story. I really like that one that I did. And yeah. I mean, just those ones that were a small town is being hunted or haunted by something. So cool. Love that. So what you got for us? Uh, really makes you want to move to a small town. Doesn't <laughs> it, Holly? A haunted small town. A haunted or a small s- town. Or a monster stocked small town. <laughs> So what do you got, girl? Well, I'm going to try and get through this. My throat's feeling better from the tea. Hooray, tea. But I left my reading glasses. So we're going to try and do this. Otherwise, I might just hand it off. Do you want me to follow along with you and then... Tell me if I'm reading a sentence wrong? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I love the story of London's Spring Hill Jack. You might have heard of this strange Victorian demon who terrorized the people of London back in 1827. Oh, is that right? 1837. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is going to be a long episode without my glasses. Um, As it became a favorite icon for horror writers and many penny dreadfuls, the main monster, okay, the man monster. (laughs) It's all good. Shit. The man monster is described as having a ghostly appearance that could change form or shapes at will and wore gloves over what appeared to be claws. Cool. One of the shapes it took was that of a bear. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. In one story, it chased a gardener running on all fours and growled ferociously until the gardener scrambled to safety indoors. Well, I think a normal bear would behave like that anyway, so I'm not sure why they thought it was something else. Maybe they saw it transform. Is that what you're trying to get me to Yeah, do? maybe, maybe. <laughs> I think that's probably, you know, okay. why would they think it's like something other than a bear, Holly? I don't know. Bear In 1877, there was described a creature dressed in sheepskin of, what does that say? At Newport Arch in Lincolnshire. Oh, thank you, Holly. (laughs) A group of people tried chasing it down, but it fled, taking gigantic leaps through the air. Uh, 
Some say the hands or paws of the creature has a leathery feel like soft gloves, but is actually skin. You know, I like the idea of it actually being like wearing gloves. That's kind of neat because it shows it had some taste. And fashion. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, leather gloves are expensive. Sure. So it came from money for sure. The claws were described as sharp knife-like metal tips. The monster first appeared to Mary Stevens, a poor servant girl who was walking in Lavender Hill when it attacked her, surprising her with its strength as it tried to grab her and scratch her with its claws. She said the odd man tried to kiss her and rip her clothes off. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure did, Mary. Yeah. Uh-huh. What a passionate yeah. devil. You think you're so hot? Yeah. Okay. She was able to escape, but her screams alerted the attention of someone in the vicinity who came to help. They gathered a search team to hunt the man down, but were never able to find the thing that she described. The following day after Mary's attack, the same figure was sighted lurking by her home. He was standing in the middle of the road and was almost hit by a carriage, but leapt out of the way, jumping over a nine foot wall, which wow. shocked the driver, who then lost control of his vehicle and ended up wrecking it, severely injuring himself. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Sightings continued for about a year, reported mainly by women who all said this thing tried to abduct them. A woman named Jane Alsup reported a gentleman caller ringing her doorbell in the late night, claiming to be a police officer. When she went to answer it, he requested to borrow a candle. And when she came back with it to give him, he was gone. Hmm. But in an instant, Something flew down from the top of a nearby building while she was peeking around the corner to see where the man went. It threw off his dark cloak, and underneath it, she described a tight-fitting outfit similar to white oilskin. What is oilskin, I ask? Thank you, Holly. (laughs) It is cloth typically worn by fishermen, made waterproof by rubbing a mixture of wax and linseed oil all over it. I'm not sure I've ever seen that before. I haven't either. After his dramatic tossing off of his cloak, the scary man attacked her with his claws, which ripped her clothes to shreds. And then, like a dragon, Holly, breathed out blue and white flames of fire into her face. That is so awful. (laughs) <laughs> like I can't even imagine. No, that would be dead. I wonder if she got burned. He wasn't much of a fighter, though, because Alsop's sister was able to come to Jane's rescue and grab her away from him as he fled into the night, leaping over rooftop buildings. Mm. That is just something I would love to see. A creature just like leaping over rooftops. I know. So you see it in movies all the time. Well, Mary Poppins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Another witness, 18-year-old Lucy Scales, said she was walking with her sister one evening out in Limehouse when the monster jumped out to surprise her from the hidden alleyway. Surprise! Lucy also witnessed blue and white flames which shot out at her from his face. Wow. She described him as tall and thin, pale with a hideous evil face. Again, the commotion of her screaming created attention and the monster fled into an alleyway and nobody ever found a trace of it. Mm. One other feature described by many of the victims were its glowing red eyes. And he could jump as if he had springs over buildings, fences, as he fled or attacked his victims. Mm. Hence the nickname Spring-Heeled Jack. 
right. as if he was wearing, you know, springs on his shoes. Maybe that's all it was. Maybe it was a guy who liked to breathe fire who put springs on his shoes. Like from the circus or something. something. Yeah, like a like circus that. entertainer. Yeah. And he just kind of went yeah. off the deep end and was attacking people. Right. Huh. Yeah. That is a theory that went around a little bit. Other reports claim he had a helmet. Well, that is handy in case he overshoots his landings, right? <laughs> sure. The sightings were all over England, but some were reported in Scotland as well. Hmm. He must have family over there. Was he wearing a kilt I don't, while he was running around? No, just a, hmm. just a cloak. Hmm, okay. But maybe it was a plaid cloak. Maybe. I don't, run, I don't know. And like a beret or what is it they wear? Those hats? Yeah, yeah. The Did the he hats. bagpipes? <laughs> it's drums in Scotland. <laughs> I thought it was. Who's, oh, no, who's it's the bagpipes. 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 No, it's Scotland yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, um, I don't know, his attire didn't really match the Scotland vibe, but no. he was seen there. Okay. Several likely culprits, all being tall, thin men, were arrested and brought in for questioning. But none of them could breathe fire, so they weren't convicted of any crime. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. That'd be great. Can you breathe some fire for us? Nope. No. Okay, <laughs> Jake, we like you. You're free to go. Okay, you can go. One man, Captain Finch was caught wearing an oil skin coat, a no. skull cap, horns, and a mask while he was assaulting a woman. But again, he could not jump very high or breathe fire, so he was let go. I think it was him. I think it was him. Yeah, they just didn't check all his shoes. No. And the springs has to be on one of them. Mm. Some of these women were severely wounded, but according to most accounts, those who died had heart attacks from the sheer surprise and fear of the attack. Jeez. Spring-Hilled Jack seemed to enjoy frightening its victims because he laughed a high-pitched, hideous laugh as he fled. <laughs> That's great. Some <laughs> think he is a demon or a ghost due to his hideous pale face and unnatural abilities. Is he the Phantom of the Opera? He might be. Da, na, 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 na. I love Phantom of the Opera. Stories around the area would circulate of ghostly figures that could jump through the air and had the kind of behavior described like Spring-Heeled Jack. The entity was called the Hammersmith Ghost, and it was reported being seen in 1803 and 1804 on the west side outer edge of London. It was thought the ghost was from a man who committed suicide. Then there was another set of sightings reported in 1824. There was an accidental shooting of a man who was wearing a white cloak and was mistaken for the Hammersmith ghost and was killed. All witnesses described the ghost as being tall, pale, and dressed entirely in white with a cloak and horns. Hmm. And yet another ghostly shape-shifting figure was nicknamed the Southampton Ghost. Did he follow the Southampton diet? <laughs> Maybe. He was tall and thin. <laughs> and this ghost was reported as assaulting individuals, targeting women in the evening hours of the night. Again, this behavior resembled that of Spring-Heeled Jack. The ghost could be seen jumping over houses in a single leap and being over 10 feet tall. The attack spread so much hysteria that the Lord Mayor claimed that the young aristocrats had called up the attention of the devil due to their playing mischievous pranks with each other, such as dressing up as ghosts, demons, and bears. Oh, my. Hmm. In 1877, a band of soldiers in Aldershot's barracks got the scare of their life when out of the darkness, a sentry was slapped hard in the face by a tall, thin figure. 
When the guard fired his gun at him, there was no sound of being wounded or anything that would indicate the bullet hit the creature. Yet it was a bullseye hit. Instead, Springhill Jack just fled the area and was seen jumping far away from the base with big leaps, covering many feet in distance with each jump. Hmm, wow. So he was bulletproof, too. He does sound supernatural. Yeah. For sure. Are we looking, perhaps, at 60 years of mass hysteria fed by creative imaginations? There were so many events in and near London during this period that something was going on and women were getting assaulted. Some think that Jack the Ripper and Spring Hill Jack may be the same phenomenon. So I was wondering. Yeah. What was the time Jack the Ripper was active? It was around the exact same time. Okay. Yeah. And they both would attack women. I think Jack the Ripper came a little bit later mm. after Spring Hill Jack. Yeah. One rare occasion, though, there were men that were attacked, too, and more descriptions over time expanded the descriptions, saying the creature now had pointed ears and fangs. It was absolute hysteria. Pretty soon, people were so afraid of going out at night, only the most vulnerable wandered the streets. Perhaps the lack of witnesses and eluding capture encouraged Spring Hill Jack to shed the outrageous costumes and theatrics for just a dark cloak and hat. Mm -hmm. There is a story about a prostitute named Maria Davis who one day out on the London streets encountered a creature who came out of the darkness and attacked her, draining her blood and throwing her body into a marsh area nearby. There were witnesses who said it happened so fast they could only watch in shock as she shank into her watery grave and died. The attacker was seen leaping into the air a great distance, vanishing in seconds from the crime scene. Hmm. Jack the Ripper accounts described him literally ripping his victims to shreds. The repeated slashing of throats and removing organs from the bodies made some suspect that Jack the Ripper might have been a surgeon mm -hmm. or had ties to a medical profession. I've heard that, yeah. If Jack the Ripper was the evolved Springhill Jack, his attacks were far more gruesome. Eleven victims were reported as dying during this time, but five were officially attributed to Jack the Ripper. There were also countless attacks of victims who were able to get away and those who were severely injured. Like Spring Hill Jack, Jack the Ripper was never caught. And they share the name Jack. Jack the Ripper's attacks suddenly ended in the fall of 1888. Perhaps the heat was too much for Jack to continue the hunt. There was an estimated 500 informants watching every corner of London, and the whole town of Whitechapel had every detective and police officer in uniform going house to house, questioning landlords about any strange behavior from renters or out-of-town tenants. Wow. Others theorize his family might have turned him into an asylum for his insanity, and perhaps he was picked up, perhaps, for an unrelated petty crime. He might have also just died. Being Jack the Ripper probably made him rusty. Oh, you know, jumping over buildings <laughs> yeah. and such. Yeah, maybe he tried to go back to his former tricks and ended up setting himself on fire or yeah. miscalculating a jump. Yeah. That is only if you really think Spring Hill Jack and Jack the Ripper are one and the same, which I kind of think they could be. They could be. Yeah. It just is so similar. Yeah. The whole span of these years from 1837 to 1888 was just wild. Yeah. The stories were not taken as urban legend at the time. 
Even the Duke of Wellington went out with his gun on horseback to hunt down the menace. The last sighting of Spring-Hill Jack was reported in Liverpool in 1904, where he was seen bouncing up and down the cobblestone street and up onto the rooftops and back down again. You know what? It sounds like to me he was just trying to get some good practice in for building up his weak or stiff legs. Probably. You know, after his uh, Jack the Ripper days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it was in 1904, right? Yeah. Anyway, several. Old man. Yeah. Several people at the time did try to follow him, but he vanished, was never seen again. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of um, similarities between the two. And it's just weird, though, how. No one ever saw Jack the Ripper, right? I know. I don't think so. So it could have been him because they wouldn't have known if he leapt away and these had breathed fire and did all these crazy things. Yeah. Huh. And the fact that it just everything just abruptly stopped and was it 1888 you said that everything stopped? was everything stopped from Spring Hill Jack. Yeah, and Jack the Ripper. So it just makes you wonder, maybe the one in 1904 was a was not necessarily a real sighting, but Maybe he died in 1888 because how do you go from having all of these crazy serial killer things that you're doing to nothing? Well, you either have to be in prison or you have to be dead. Well, that's my thought. Maybe he was on a petty crime, served his time until 1904, got let out and was like, I want to be Spring Hill Jack again. Maybe he got picked up for more than a petty crime. Maybe it was like a felony. For four or five years. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Six years. Well, 1888 to 1904, that would be 14, 16 years. Yeah, 16 years. 16 years. So, yeah, that's interesting. It's a good story, though. I don't think I knew much about Spring Hill Jack. He definitely sounds supernatural in nature. And Jack the Ripper has always been such a legend. I know. Um, that the fact that they could never really find him or capture him while he was alive. Any evidence even. Yeah. And there's been so many documentaries made about him. And I know that they have decided that they thought he was a doctor. And in fact, I think that they've even decided who they think it was, but yet they will never be able to definitively prove prove that. Yeah. So I definitely think it was some man. I definitely think it was a tall man. Yeah. But, he had a theatrical side too. Right. I think. That's why I get that Phantom of the Opera vibe. Like, right. You know, he's, his face is ugly, distorted. He wears a mask. He runs around. He's and, a phantom. And both, yeah. And Fire. both figures like the cloaks. Yeah. You know, but that's a whole London attire anyway. I right. think the cloak, but right. still. That time period. Yeah. I just love the stories. I love the Penny Dreadful stories about yeah. Spring Hill Jack. Yeah. It's great. Huh. Well, that was great, Carol. Thank Thank you you so much. That was awesome. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. That's it for us this week. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Stay well. Okay. Subfolders. 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 (laughs) (laughs) For sure. We just had a tutoring session on how we need to be more organized. Yes, that's right. Chaos follows us (laughs) everywhere we go. And more and more sightings came from Bray Road itself. And then all very... Fuck, this is not written well. Okay. And more and more sightings came from Bray Road. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm going to say this again because I did not write this in a way that makes any sense. Oh, I do that all the time, Holly. (laughs) No worries. I thought you were going to say it's it's, uh, the the werewolf says... um, What's the word that comes out of the refrigerator? 
Zool. Zool. <laughs> yeah, we should have the werewolf saying Zool. Zool. Sorry, I'm drinking my tea. And Carol's having a fit because I'm making noise with my spoon. Yeah, no spoon dunking. <laughs> but we did candy corn sounds last time. That was on purpose. We prepped the audience. I'm prepping them now with my with my tea that drinking. Candy corn was going to happen. <laughs> okay, so, now you know there will be occasional metal spoons. That's right. Cheering because we're drinking airwaves. nice hot tea. Yes, with our yes. with our, For our today. throats. Let's hear that spoon again. <laughs> Per your wish. Do it for me. Oh, yeah. That's nice. There it is. That's nice. Maybe he skinned the deer that he used the leather. I guess yeah. deer aren't leather. Maybe he skinned the cow where he used for the leather. I don't know what I'm trying to okay, say. Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode. The end. <laughs>